Hello, this is Michelle Weston with Wellness Learning Curves 2.0. Another day, another week, and as always, I promise to bring you really interesting people. Some return, as I said to you before, because I always think that we have more to talk about, more to explore, and it's just an interesting conversation. Um, Sometimes there's even bigger things as we come nearer to the end of one year into the next. I think about resolutions, and so I called upon someone who's an expert in this. And every new year, we know that people make determined resolutions to change in the coming year, to become the 2.0 version of who they were last year. And we resolve to be healthier, better people, more um, active, um, looking for the perfect uh, way to um, express ourselves. And we're determined to make all the necessary adjustments to make that a reality. But how common it is to find ourselves reconsidering our commitment within months or even days of having made them. See, the resolutions themselves aren't necessarily the issue. Often, failure comes from feeling that we have gotten in over our heads or that we can't commit to changing for the long haul. Now, I'm Jewish, so I get a New Year's in the fall. (laughs) And um, what I like about our New Year's is the resolution is a little bit different. Um, The resolution is that we look back and we see what the possibility is of a fresh start of opening us to the possibility of shifting our priorities, of fine-tuning our awareness, of even seriously scrapping a whole plan and starting again, if that's what you want to do. And the calendar allows us to approach our goals dynamically, engaging in a process of forgiving ourselves when we miss our mark. So, Lisa Charles, what do you have to say to that as a coach? Yeah, so I, I first of all I love this topic and thank you so much for having me back on your show. With really, no, it's my pleasure. It really uh, is. And this is an amazing, amazing platform that you've put together. So kudos for you for that. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um this this is really so timely, obviously. Everyone sets their sites on a firm resolution. <laughs> the word and they don't even really think many people about what the word truly means. So resolution is just a firm decision to do something. And we make decisions every day. But when we make decisions, um, we typically know a lot about the components of why we made that decision. And we'll take, if someone's asking you to make a decision about buying a car, or if you want to extend the lease, you're going to go back in the details about, well, is this a car to buy? Is this, you know, what is the year of the car? What is the condition of the car? Does this really suit me? Is this going to suit me five years from now, two years? From now? You get into a lot of questions that you ask, yet... My belief is that a lot of people will make their resolution without asking the questions about why that is even something that you're saying you want. So, you know, they, they, well, you know there's some ones that are really very typical. One is, I want to lose weight. I want to lose 50 pounds. That's usually 50, 10 the, in round numbers. And it's either- Interesting. Round numbers, huh? Or it'll be a lower round, you know, number, but it's a, it's a number that someone's repeated so times. Yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. 20 that pounds. seems to be the magic number, right? 
And like I said, it's a firm decision. So you say this, and this is something I'm going to do. And do you know why? Do you know if 20 pounds is right? Do you know how that will fit in your body? Will that uh, affect your wellness? What is the reason why you want to lose that weight? So if you start to get into the why, and you start to really delve into why are you even in the condition that you're in? So if it's affecting your sleep, for instance, or if it's making you very stressful, or if it's affecting your ability to enjoy your life because you're very tired, then you want to know these components because that's the way that you can actually come up with a firm decision that makes sense. So instead of picking a random number, maybe it is that you are firmly committed to advancing your health and wellness. You're firmly to make sure that you have more energy or that you feel less stressed in the work environment, in the home environment. You get very specific where your stress is coming from. Mm. And an offshot from that could very well be you losing weight virtually. But it could be a whole lot of other things too. Mm. So it's really getting at the heart of why it is that you want something and what do you truly want. I'll ask my clients all the time, what do you want? And if we just say, well, I just want to lose weight, but what do you want? What what does that mean? What does the lose weight mean to you? What does it, what do you think that's going to do in your life, in your body? And then you start to really delve down. Maybe it's really, I'm having a hard time getting out to play with my children. You know, they want to run and I can't run. Okay. So it's not just lose weight. There's something else more emotional to it. So you're missing out on a relationship, a connection, the ability to do something. So maybe let's really look at what this resolution should really look like. And maybe there are some other smaller components that really make an emotional connection for you to the decision, as opposed to just something you've heard other people say, or you've said yourself many times before. (laughs) I think we all feel that way, right? Right, right. We say it. I hear it all the time. And I'm about ready to hear a bunch of things come up. And then the TV commercials will come to, you know, for the people to instantly grab onto something as a sense of hope to get this thing that they don't even have a connection with. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I think that's an interesting thing in regards to losing weight. So we know I had bariatric surgery over 15 years ago. Do you know what the hardest part of losing weight is? maintaining it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Losing weight's easy. It's an exercise, right? You just you just do it. But what happens when you have to maintain it? So a resolve to maintain it is why I always say to people when I'm coaching them, especially around, you know, weight, every day, every meal, I get to make a decision. My decision, nobody else's decision, I get to make it. But I've sort of made a decision that I also I'm not going to torture myself when I make the decision. I will have that. And then it just doesn't become a rolling, like, you know, ball down the street. I made a decision. That's my decision. I'm having cheesecake at Junior's Cheesecake because that's one of my favorite things. And I probably will not eat all of it because it's a lot, but I'll enjoy every bite of it. And then I'll have had Junior's Cheesecake and enjoyed it. And then I know I can have things, but I'm just going to maintain that I'll eat less of it, but I'll enjoy it. And, and then it's over, right? I mean, then it's... You say decision, I always say to my clients, it's, we have a myriad of choices we make every moment of every day. Yeah. And I just don't want people to then keep beating themselves up because you made a decision to have some birthday cake or a slice of pizza. You know, have it, enjoy it, 
be awake, be aware, and really taste it. And then let it go. It was a meal, one meal. Yes. You know? And I think um, just along those lines, I always say, and I love that you said about enjoying, it's being present in the moment. And so we talk about presence and people think, okay, I'll walk, I'll warm myself, I'll smell the flowers, I'll do all these things. And that's, yes, it's part of being present, but also being present even in the the things of uh, tasting food and what's before you and the sights and the sounds, but also the people that are around you, the experience that you're having. Um, what does it really taste like? And I think a lot of people rush through life and rush through this. So you can eat a whole pizza or a whole pizza, and maybe you don't even know if I said, well, what was the flavor? Or did you taste the mushroom or whatever? You ate it so fast, you didn't even experience it. And, you know, a lot of times when we're operating on what I call guilt life, Mm. um, oh my God, I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. Well, I did it. Oh my. And so you, you chastise yourself beforehand, you do it quickly, and then you spend more of your time afterwards talking about how guilty you feel that you did this thing. And it leads you to do other guilt living things because guilt living just leads to more guilt living. All the things that don't really do anything positive for you. And that's why I talk about mindfulness, being mindful as opposed to not being present, being aware that your mindfulness also helps you be aware of your decision. You know, I mean, you've made a decision. So if you're awake and aware of the decision you made, and it's not just about food, it's being mindful. I'm really stressed. Hmm. Maybe at lunch, instead of sitting down at the office, I'm going to take a walk around the block or go across, you know, to the park to just sit there on a bench for a second here in New York City. Maybe that mindfulness action is what helps you be present, to be here, not to be over there or back there. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to say, too, for me, um, and we've talked about this before, for my journey, I was a yo-yo dieter for 30 years. So I I went, go up the scale, down the scale, radical diets, crazy diets, um, some that landed me, you know, in the hospital diets just because I had allergic reactions, but it didn't stop me from dieting because um, anyone that's one of your listeners, you get kind of hooked on the whole concept of it. And so, oh no, I have a thing coming up. Well, I got to lose weight. Well, I have two weeks, you know, like, let me do the cabbage diet, you know. Yeah, or eat grapefruits three times a day. You're like, yeah, great idea, super idea. (laughs) The last time I was in the hospital, um, and that's a shame. That sentence should never be uttered out of somebody's mouth about dieting, but right. the hospital, they didn't know I had a really bad um, uh, kidney and stomach cramps and all sorts of things. They didn't really know what was wrong with me at the time. And they still really never diagnosed it hundred percent, but I was in the hospital for about three days and wow. get on the scale. They had to weigh me because they had to take a test. They wanted to do a certain test and I didn't want to get on the scale. Oh and God. But the pain of getting on the scale was kind of balancing out the pain that I was experiencing. In your stomach. Oh, God. I was like freaked out about getting on the scale because I hadn't weighed myself in a long time. And when I saw that I was so much heavier than I had ever been. Wow. I, um, it was such an awakening for me. And it was a brilliant moment because it was the first time I started to value not just the things I did. I mean, professionally, I was doing a whole lot of really cool things. But on this issue, I had never taken the time to say, Lisa, what's happening in your body? 
why is this happening in your body? Why are you addicted to dieting? What is at the root of it? And I love and I always challenge people to take some time. If it's this time of the year, great. If it's a little later, great. But you need to take some time to to get to know who you are. Like what makes you tick? Why do you do the things you do? If it requires you, as it did for me, to go back in my childhood and look at some things that happened and some things that were said and some bullying and things that happened, for me to get what was my first relationship with food, I was way back when I was 11. I, if I never took the time to figure it out, I was bound to just stay on this sort of, uh, you know, hamster wheel. Thank you. Hamster wheel. Gerbil wheel, as I like to call it. <laughs> and a lot of gerbils. And it's, it's just such a gift. So here I was in the hospital and and I do think it was such a gift for me to finally say, I'm not going to die. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to diet. This is what I pledged. I'm not going to diet and I'm going to throw out all the gadgets that I have in my house because I have Mm. and potions and gadgets and, you know, things that were supposed to work in a day, two days, a week, whatever. They don't work. Uh, The things I did. Everyone, everyone does these things. I mean, everybody has their version of this, which is important for you to hear. We're all in this together. It's just we all have to figure out what our way is out of it, through it, right. with it. And appreciating yourself through it. It's yep. not the end result. For you, it's not. For me, it wasn't just I ended up le- losing 78 pounds, but it wasn't because, oh, when I lose 78 pounds, my life begins. No. No. Enjoyed the process of getting mm-hmm. to know. Of knowing you. Knowing me. Yep. My unique journey, I'm not like anybody else. Everyone has a unique journey and unique relationship with movement, with the things you eat, how you eat, the relationship with food. And isn't it a beautiful thing just to take a moment to express that, to to celebrate the uniqueness of you in this thing we call life? And I love what you said earlier, because you give your clients the gift to say, you know what? Every day I have an opportunity to show up yep. as me. Every day I am making these choices, right? Yep. And you know what I want to do is because I want to live as healthy a life as possible, at the end of the day, I'm going to make the most healthier choices because that's what I choose for me. Exactly. Knowing this moment right now. Exactly. And it's, it, it is freeing. It is de-stressing. It literally moves this whole process from one side of your brain to another. Which is important, right? You and I talk about that is, you know, re the neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to always learn, to always shift. And if you put yourself in that space that Lisa's talking about is the brain is always, always growing. It doesn't just stop when you're 21. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's what they used to say. Like, right. You know, I mean, you know. Oh, God. we're constantly growing our white matter and our gray matter. And you can't make a decision until you're 21. Okay. That, yes. They say <laughs> stuff like that. They still do in a weird way. Yes. No, you can really reshift things. Yes. Can, and what we're talking about is, I mean, you know, if you wouldn't, isn't it a beautiful life to be able to go through and not angst over guilt over every single decision you make Yes, and dread the end of the week or, you know, getting to your doctor's office or whenever you're going to be checking what you've done and knowing that you did all these things and you're living in sort of that guilt mentality. It's, it's a very stressful place. 
to live. And it's a very unjoyful place to live. You know, avoiding mirrors, you know, afraid of hiding, hiding behind people in pictures. In pictures, yes. Always wanting to be. Videos. Yeah. (laughs) Never wanting to be on the end of a picture. Don't want to be. Hated that. I hated that. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle where I could just stick my head in. (laughs) Are people opting not to be in a photo? Now, just think about that. So you're in an event, you're in a, a memory, a moment. And you say, I'll, I'll take the picture. I know all of the things people do <laughs> to not be in the photo. I'll take the picture. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I get it. But now you're not a part of something. You know, you're not a part of that memory. You know, yeah. back. Um, and instead say, it doesn't matter where you are, like judgment, self-judgment of, oh, well, I'll get in a picture when I lose 10 pounds or I'll, I'll, you know, go to that event only if I look like this or fit in that. And instead say, I'm on this journey and every day I'm just wanting to be better. I want to do better. I want to show up better. And if I made this decision, but maybe I won't make that decision tomorrow, you know, and it starts to be such a a much more of a healing journey. So you, you get to show up in your life and not your life, not my life, your life. There's no comparative. It's your life. So what would you like your life to be? And all these things we're talking about, we've done. Like, you know, as I'm giving you examples, I can think of a million times I said, oh, I would have gone to that reunion if I had left lost. (laughs) I was supposed to lose that weight and I didn't lose before the reunion, so I didn't go. Like they know, like everybody knows, like everybody's what? Waiting to see, you know, how much weight everyone's lost or how much hair everyone's lost on their heads for the guys. Oh my goodness. We just- Go your life and enjoy your life. Yeah. Surprise that the most of the things you put you conjure up as your limiting, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that are keeping you from doing and showing up in your life are in your head. They're all yours. You own them a hundred percent because other people don't own that. They don't even think that way, and they're just happy to see you. You know, um, and the time will pass. So you know whether you are at whatever goal you have at that particular moment. That moment in time to see people, to be around other humans that you love, that will pass. And to me, as many times as we can show up in those ways of love and loving relationships and opportunity to reconnect, community, show up. And I think, you know, a lot of what we're saying is show up, but in a joyful state. Because you'll be able to. You know, and, and look, you know, I, with my cognitive memory, my niece got married um, Labor Day weekend. And in my cognitive state, which, oh my God, she was a beautiful bride. It was wonderful. I was in Detroit. You know, this is how small Jewish geography is. So she's married my father's grandson um, of her, of his cardiologist. So my father's cardiologist grandson has married his granddaughter <laughs> world like Jewish geography yeah. is like this. It's very funny. It's I, I, but you sat there, but me in my silly like brain, what I did was I was so excited because I've lost all this weight, 140 pounds. I haven't seen people, some of those people in 15 years, seriously. And I was so excited and I was excited for, for Meredith and it was all wonderful. And it was my sister's, you know, my, my sister's, you know, youngest daughter and my, you know, my niece. And now I'm married also. So I was married two years and we never thought, I mean, that's another story. Um, 
And we're ti- I'm timing everything on that Sunday against it. It's like, okay, I'm going to have my hair blown out and then I'm going to go like do this and do that. And what happens when I got the information from my brother and I think from my niece? Yes, they texted me like, what time do we have to be there for family pictures? I took five, I took 345 and flipped it to 545. Yes, the look on your face, the look on Lisa's face is about how much I felt. So my husband, Richard, and I pull up to Henry Ford Museum, gorgeous banquet hall. And, you know, her other aunts are standing out there and they have this odd look on their face. Like Jimmy and and, and, and Sherry have this odd look on their face. They're just talking. I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe they're waiting for pictures. Waiting for pictures, right? It's at 6.30. When is it 6.30? So waiting for pictures. I go in and there's just this dead silence. And you're just like, what's just happened? Like, seriously, it took me a long while. And then I was just like, well, where's the, where is everybody? Because, you know, my family has to take their picture and extend it. My brother comes over and he goes, where were you? I said, where was I when? I, I'm here. He goes, pictures were at 345. <sighs> Do you know how embarrassed I was? Like, my resolution was, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present. I'm going to do all this. La, la, la. You know, our parents aren't here. We need to, you know, my brother my, and I need to be here to support my sister and our niece. And I was crushed. I was crushed. Crushed more for Meredith. Because you know, you're married. I'm married. That's a big day, especially when you're in your 20s, okay? And I was now not in any of her pictures. Like, this is her book. Mm-hmm. So it was hard. But things move on. You have your dinner. There's dancing. There's, you know, lots of joy and stuff. And I decided her new mother-in-law said, we'll grab some pictures. We'll grab you and we'll get... Nobody was. Everybody was just doing stuff. And it was like, okay, Michelle, this is your resolution. This is your responsibility. I saw Meredith talking to her other Aunt Stacy. And I literally saw the photographer talking to them. I went over and I said, can you take a picture of Sherry and I with our niece? Perfect. It's the only picture we have. I still, I haven't seen the book. I, I don't know. Is it in there? You know what? Sometimes you have to resolve to handle something in a different way. And wow, what a wake up call. Like the lesson for me was my resolve was, Michelle Jill, as much as you think you remember things and you write things down and they're in your Google calendar and you have all those alarms set up, if you don't tell your husband the minute you see that text and actually forward it to him, literally for, because it involves the two of you. And even if it was just me, if I tell him there's something I have to do, he helps me even though I get cranky because, you know, I miss independence for 50 years. So why would I listen to you? He's there to help me. And I didn't let him help me in that moment. And my resolve was, I will not do this again. But I also resolved to figure out how to get into a picture. Interesting is that it's like you have to, and this happens in our lives all the time. So uh, I'm going to share probably uh, something I've never really shared before because it's it was it it was like um, 
And this was a big share. Okay. So as you can hear, my, my, right. My resolve was what I was upset about was, you know, my brother was like, well, you missed the opportunity. I said, no, we, I missed the opportunity to be in Meredith's wedding book. It was about Meredith, not about me. It wasn't. That's what I was more upset about. Self-forgiveness. Yep. And then also understanding that you need to have like uh, understanding of other things that can help you so yep. that it happen again. It's called and life OT, right? Occupational therapy for your yep, life. Be okay with it. So, uh, I mean, the reason I wanted to share something because I know that was, I know what that feels like, oh. but it's going to be on a different thing, but you can understand. So there's um, a movie that people love, Home Alone, and they play that all the time. And Home Alone is a Christmas movie. But every time I watch it, I'll be honest with you, there's a piece of it that just breaks my heart because um, something similar happened with me and one of my children. Oh, no. <laughs> that is dead. But we were going on a vacation, big vacation with all the families, just like the movie. This was like cousins and things like that. And we all had to get in the van and we were all going on a cruise. And we were counting numbers just like they were doing. And my youngest, my youngest son was left at the hotel. We were in the van. And it was the same thing. We're counting off. Well, who's Adam? Well, where's Adam? Call the other van. Stop the other van. Where's Adam? Adam's not in the van. We had to drive back. So it's all my relatives, the extended family. I'm the mom. Oh no! He's in the hotel. Now, mindful. They love him in the hotel. They're like, oh, he's he doesn't even know anything. They have toys. He's surrounded by a lot of people. It's wonderful for his family, but for me, I'm mom. I left my son, and all of the you know, well-meaning judgment. <laughs> cousins, this how yeah. could you laugh either laughter about it or you know, kind of um, how did it happen? You know, if I got that question again, it was going to drive me nuts. But. Yeah. And and we were all vacationing together. So it was not oh, like gosh. we all were going on the boat together. So oh no. Um, but I, I say that because it took me a long time to realize it's like you, like you have to one, forgive yourself for a moment in time. Yeah, I got and this happens to all of us. There's something you've done, something that's happened, something that other people would say they, oh, I can't even understand how you could ever mix up the time or how could you ever do but you do, it happened. I can't undo it. Yep. So what I'm going to do is say, Lisa, it's okay. You know, yep. there's safety things I could have done and I didn't do. And yep. okay, yep. I, and I'm i not going to let that happen again, which I didn't. Okay. Um, but it happened. So let's move on, right? You can enjoy the wedding. I can enjoy the cruise. Right. I want to find joy, not have to be under self-recrimination on a decision or a lack of decision or a choice or something that was done, I get to move on and I get to show up in with joy and happiness. And, um, you know, I was, it's always a running joke with my sister. She's like, Oh yeah. Home alone. Like Lisa's home alone. I'm like, okay. It's like, Enough. I, and I love when they beat it to death. You're like, hello. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, right? and he didn't even notice he was busy at the hotel doing whatever he was doing. He's a kid, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Nothing. I mean, a long time to let it go. Honestly, Michelle, I had uh, held on to that one for a little piece. People hey, help, hey, people listen, help me hold on to it too. I let people yeah. help me. Hey, listen, you know, it's, 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 uh, the end of the year and this was September and you know, the, did I do that with any intention? Right. Not. In fact, we got there at five thirty, and I was like, "Oh, good, we're fifteen minutes early." <laughs> First of all, 
You did your hair. You got your things. I got my nails done. I had the perfect dress on that I could never get on before. Oh, please. So it would be the last thing. And the people that know that the most, the couple, uh, they know where people's heart are. And in, and then the other thing is that you have a lifetime of being able to show up with your heart. With I am so glad you said that because I wrote that. I wrote that in the, the, the note that I sent to, um, Meredith and Brett. I did. I wrote it because I was just like, I am so sorry I wasn't there with this, but there will be many things that I look forward to celebrating with the two of you because this is the beginning of your lives together. And I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that I have a nephew and my niece is married a wonderful man with a wonderful family. So you have to keep remembering that. Do you know what I mean? Right. And not like home alone. Like, yes, don't remember home alone, but remember the joy for when they all got back together. So, Mm -hmm. and I love just that word celebrate. And maybe that is to me, amazing word to have, not just with the hats and the, the loud noises and all of that, but we get the chance to celebrate our lives over and over and over again by the choices we get to make. Right. So for me, you know, when I look at a new year, look at things, I I think, boy, I love loving relationships and I want to expand just the amount of people that I have an opportunity to bring into my life and to nurture the ones that are already there and mm. celebrate. That's an amazing thing. And as that unfolds, what opportunities for just love and joy and happiness and maybe work and other, you know, you never know what something opens up in terms of possibilities, but you have to yeah, show up, show up, right? Showing up, right? Resolution of showing up. That's awesome. That's a big one. How many people don't really come nurture their family, their friends, even the people they feel close to, but they get busy on other things. Maybe they don't call. Maybe they don't, when they're invited, you don't go because, oh, you know, maybe next time you push things off and there are people that you really love, you know, will you want loving relationships, you have to show up in a loving way too. This is love. Relationships are a two-way street. So a resolution of showing up can be so powerful in terms of what it can do in your life, what it can do internally. And, you know, we're talking about things, but these are all health things like forgiveness, being grateful, being kind, being understanding, you know, all of those things to yourself and to others. Um, And even with a chronic condition. So if you have something like diabetes, you know what? Diabetes is genetic, folks. So stress doesn't help it. It can activate it, but it had to be something genetic within your families that happened. And we, as the person now with a diagnosis or living with diagnoses, can make decisions. You can make decisions. People can say, oh my God, I never thought this, but what can I do now? Just like I made a decision to lose that weight to make it easier on my frame. Okay. With diabetes, if you really, really want to take ownership and resolve, you can change the way that you eat. You can change the way that you move. You can change the way that you react to things. You have the ability to resolve to Find better ways to live in yes. your life. It's your life, you, your choices, you know? Your choice, but, you know, and I love the idea that you're at the driver's seat. Yeah. You're the one, it's not your doctor. 
It's not your other physicians or whatever. Not even your husband or your kids or your best friend. You drive your entire well-being, really do. And, you know, someone will say, well, you know, some things happen to people. You know, some people may have a disease, may have cancer, may have something that happens. um, That And I'm not talking, you and I aren't talking about terminal. That's a whole, it's a different conversation. That's that's a different resolve. It's a resolve, but- and even in the midst of whatever's going on, you get to, you have the absolute choice of how you show up in today, that day. Today, right now, this minute. You can come with a negative thought process. You can come with a, a foregone conclusion of, you know, I, I've been diagnosed, I don't know, with diabetes and this means X, Y, Z. And they can tell you some really terrible things that can happen to you. And it does happen to some people. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that's your journey. No. And you won't know until you're on your journey. 23 years later, MS. That's amazing. Oh, and so but, people that'll take the diagnosis and they'll right, live and, on the day right. one. And I just went, nope, I'm not. I have it. I'm not this. And don't think that I haven't fallen down and had to get up again and fallen down. And I'm going to have to keep doing that. In life, I'm going to have to keep doing that. But you know what? I still think it's really funny. It, there's an irony to it. You know, I couldn't find balance between personal and professional life. And whatever the divine is, light is, God is, however that shows up for you, something said, you, I'm taking you out. You're going to have to like figure it out another way to do this. And I've been on that journey and it will always be a journey, but how I resolve to live that journey and how I resolve to be, Lisa keeps talking about joy. And I love that she keeps bringing that word in. Live with joy, live with the uh, wonder, live with that, you know, one day is one day and then there's the next day. And what could possibly happen? You know, her daughter just visited her and there is a joy in that. And it extended and she got to see her daughter for a couple more days. And so you live presently and you don't live in, well, she's going to leave or, well, she's just going to be here for a certain amount of time. You miss the moments, right? I love something you said though, too, is that you're not a disease. You're not your children. You're not your spouse. You're not anything other than you, unique you. And this beautiful thing, I like to say for me, um, you know, in the journey, every day I say, I really want to challenge my brain in some way, different ways, my body, and any limiting beliefs I may be holding on to. And I challenge. It could be a long-term challenge I do for the body. I mentioned to Michelle before we got on that I'm really, I do like certain weight training things. So I might do something for six months and, you know, and I love that. I'll challenge. It's a challenge for me. That's something I enjoy. So I've picked it not because someone else told me to do it, but because I enjoy that work for me. But I like to do something that's going to take my body differently and I'm going to have to really figure some things out. And the same thing for my brain, you know, I think, you know, we can get, you hear people get stuck in their ways, a certain way of thinking, or they always um, have the same things around them, same people, same work. If it's challenging your brain because you're taking a language or you're you're stepping out and doing a dance that you've never done before or going somewhere that you would normally say no to, but this time you said yes, it can be something as simple as that. But that's like just helping you to live more fully. 
right? And yeah. not small in any way because we are infinite in our possibilities when we challenge ourselves to step beyond what we're used to or what we, what we know. Yes, yes. And it's challenging and difficult sometimes, but not not doable to also keep working on letting go of things that sometimes we don't understand. There's relationships we don't understand. Um, we change, they change, it changes. Um, you know, where we live, it changes. That's part of life. That's part of um, our resolve. I loved seeing on um, I guess it was Instagram or Facebook. Doesn't matter. The point is, is that I, you know, I worked at Condé Nast and other uh, magazine houses, and I loved seeing my old-fashioned director's um, pictures of her getting together with the Voguettes. They worked at Vogue when they were in their like twenties. These women now are in their fifties. They still see each other once a year and get together. How? incredible is that? I mean, that's such a cool thing. And I love that they made a resolve to see each other, right? I guess and I'm, I'm gonna, not even knowing them. I'm going to tell you that there were challenges some years for some of them to go. There were family challenges, there were work challenges. There were things that they could have said, oh, you know what? I'll miss a year. I'll miss two years. I'll miss the whole thing. Sometimes you just have to see, and that's when you really are taking stock of yourself, what's important, that I'm going to nurture this. We put something together. I'm going to show up in spite of, and I'm assuming, you know, as we all go through loss and in spite of whatever's going on that maybe is not bright and shiny, I'm going to show up in a way. And it really does do something quite beautiful, not only for the people that you show up for, but you'll see that it will seed you in a unique way. It will seed you in such a way that'll have health implications, positive health implications. Um, but you'll start to see life in the fullness that it's meant to be, you know, and I agree this message out there for anyone that's kind of feeling small in their space or looking that they don't really have um, all of the lightness that we're talking about. You get a chance to really explore how you can bring that lightness in your life. And it could be renewal of really close relationships. It could be nurturing of family relationships. It could be brand spanking new relationships that come yeah. And it could look be looking also at where was an estrangement with a friend, with a family member. How do I look at this, not with sadness, not with whose fault was it, but was when is this gonna like stop? But this is something that I am going to put energy on and say, I would love to see change. You can't demand of anyone anything. You can't. I mean, a couple of things in this lifetime, death and taxes, you can pretty much, you know, right. <laughs> but you can look at your life and go, how did I get here? How did we get here? How did this happen? And instead of, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How about just why don't we just move forward? Why don't we just prove that I'm sorry and that I am working to make a difference? Why don't you just do it? Because saying that is hard. Now, please, just because I say that, please don't think I think it's easy. You know, families are complicated and friendships are complicated. But if it's something that's worth your while, some things cannot be repaired. Sometimes ships pass in the night and they move on. And learning to let go of that Lisa, I don't think it's ever easy because we always want certain things to stay the same, but they don't. So 
how can we, for ourselves, make peace with, I'm willing to stop apologizing, stop doing something, or I'm willing to start to shift. I'm willing to shift. And when you say to somebody shift, instead of, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 75 pounds. How about if you just shift? How about if you shift your attitude on an area that you may have the ability? Well, we all have the ability, right? To do many more things than we think. But what if I put an intention out there and say, I'm willing to shift? That's it. (laughs) Don't decide how you're going to do it right this second. How about just throwing it out into the universe, right? And you know what I would, and I, I think to even supplement that and to put it into action is that you make that, that intention every morning. I love and that. Days, I'm, I'm shifting. So it's not, and, and that'll separate from the big lofty resolution, <laughs> you know, like a six between, I'm going to do access this year. It's really what we do every day, right? That's what really makes a difference. And so to really set that intention of the shift every single day, when you wake up, And then at the end of the day, to really celebrate the victories that you've had in yourself, either self-realization of certain things, it's a slowing down and being present that we mentioned earlier, all of the things that amounted, it's great choices you made, different choices that you would have made the day before, celebrating mental celebration. And what I mean, you know, I love to journal you know, to be able to put that down and to say, you know, hey, I'm I'm really proud of myself and I forgive myself if you need to forgive something, but I'm proud of myself because I did X, I did Y, I feel this, the shift was real today. And it will build such a natural momentum. To me, that is so much more akin to this beautiful living of life every day and recognizing every day brings something new that some things we can depend on and a lot of things that are, I don't know, you know, you never know what can happen in a day. But if you have that mentality of a shift and you made it in the morning, how you show up for whatever happens will be different and you'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. And these, it's... It is the little things, you know, I think of Stephen Sondheim, it's the little things we do together. It's the little things sometimes that make a difference. Really, seriously, that's what makes a difference. The little things that we try and shift in ourselves. Um, I think we'd all be surprised if we actually thought about those little things about thought about what are the what are the smaller things that we do without a lot of, you know, thought, but we just wake up and, you know, move on. I mean, you know, every morning, look, even look, those of you with chronic conditions, I know for many years, and I don't think I do it as much anymore, but it's, it's, I guess it's always present in my head every day. I get to find out how the day will be when my feet hit the ground. Okay. Uh, It's not ominous. It's not, I don't consider it ominous, but I get to find out how the day is going to be physically. Like, okay, is this going to be a quieter day than, you know, yesterday where we ran to Bryant Park to be in the winter market, you know, and run around to have my, oh, by the way, my raclette, which is a Alpine Swiss sandwich. Uh, it's Swiss cheese that melts literally on a piece of baguette from Europe. And they put cornichon slices and scallions and Dijon mustard. Okay. Every year at this time of year between, you know, like, Thanksgiving. Well, no, even earlier after, after Halloween till, till like this weekend for New Year's, I am intentionally choosing to have this 
thousand million calorie thing. And it's going to be where I'm going to have, oh, no, no, I'm having it. Now, sometimes I share it with my husband. Sometimes I like eat half of it and then bring it home and heat it up again. But I intend to have this every single year because I'm a cheeseaholic and a breadaholic. So if I can have that, it's golden. But it's, but understand, like I make that choice. What did I have yesterday? I had a piece of French toast in the morning because it's like, no, don't let the raclette land on nothing. <laughs> make sure before you get there at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, make sure it's there. And I had my coffee, but I didn't have a bunch of things. We, you know, you you make choices. And if it's something silly like that, you know, I'm gonna have strawberry shortcake, you know, whatever. I, if it's food, but then it's the rest of the choices that you do. But let's discuss. We got there. We took we took a cab over there because we wanted to see like how crazy it was. Because there's a lot of tourists in New York City, and that's fine. Leave your money here. We love that. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, it helps us with roads and all those kinds of things. But on the way back, once we had had it, and we even got a table to sit and enjoy our sandwich, and then we walked through, and I looked at my husband, I said, he goes, would well, you want to get a cat? I said, no, I want to walk all the way over to Park from Beth. I want to like get all the way over. And we actually kept walking till 3rd Avenue and over to the east side where I live on the east side as opposed to the west. And I will tell you, we walked and we walked and walked not challenged, not anything. It was just a nice day. It wasn't raining, right? It was a beautiful afternoon evening. In fact, I heard somebody, it's very funny. I love to hear tourists and, you know, even just New Yorkers. Somebody was walking, uh, somebody in their twenties with their girlfriend and they said, gosh, look at the sky. It's just six o'clock and it feels like it's nine or 10. And I'm thinking, well, if you lived here in New York, it looks like this all the time because we are always moving and there is no good time. There's always the best time in that moment. It could be two o'clock in the morning. It could be six o'clock. It could be that the sun goes in at 4.30. This is New York. This is how we do it. We just keep going. And it was really, right? It was really interesting because you came from, you know, this area too. But I'm going to say I'm down in Sarasota, Florida. It's it's just conducive to walking everywhere all the time. Mm. Movement. And I think a lot of times people um, have a very unhealthy relationship with exercise. And so they think like, well, I don't exercise, never exercise, I don't like exercising. And they think about all the negativity. But you know, and definitely this is backed up from some of the latest science about it. The key is movement. And the the more constant you can be in motion, the better, more healthy brain. And yes, there are other things that you can do and other exercises that can complement. But if I can get everybody to move, yep. to walk instead of ride, to go up the stairs instead of the escalator, to move is not all the time, but as much in adding that combination in multiple areas of the day. But also just to move with others is fabulous. I bet you walking through, um, you know, my, my children were here. We took them all around Sarasota. My daughter had her uh, Apple Watch on. She said, Mom, we have gone 15,000 steps. Like, we just, you can trust. But it wasn't like, oh, it's drudgery. And we're, you know, what steps you're, she just noticed it from the end. When yeah, we, she went, oh. <laughs> right. Because we were in joy. We were in happiness. We were stunning outside. Like you said, it was nice. Um, 
get more movement in your life. That's amazing to say. That's that little every day, you know, how can I move more today than I did the day before? Yeah. It's fabulous. And, you know, I have a couple of little small things, you know, I used to do for myself. One was given to me by my mom, which I thought was really great, but she was like, well, you know, have your food, whatever you're eating during the day, but at some point the kitchen is closed. So it's helpful <laughs> to me because I used to be a late night snacker all the time. Sure. And I used to say, okay, kitchen is closed. It's a very simple thing. <laughs> in my mind, pick a time, whatever that time is. And that can be a small little goal, little habit of the kitchen is closed at that time. And it's a way that may end up, you know, helping you in that process of getting in control of what am I bringing into my system? Is it something that might, makes my system feel good, helps nourish my system? And um, that was kind of an easy way. The other one was, we talked about a little bit, but I, I practice this all the time. It's just to slow it down, slow everything. Yeah. Down. Slow motion. You're eating, you know, you're like a queen or king. Mm -hmm. and kings and queens don't stuff their mouth while they're walking. No. No, they're, you know, they're not New Yorkers. They do not yes. need to eat at the speed of light. Yes. I heard this whole thing in France. Like that's why they don't have like the the um the drive-throughs and all that stuff. Nope. That's not the way to eat. Mm -mm. I agree. I agree. Enjoy, right? Yep. Yep. Give them a try. It really is a different way to enjoy your food. And you'll find that if you slow it down and you actually really taste, you may not want to eat all that's on the plate and you can save it, have it for later. What or just you. release it. Just be done release. with it. Yeah. Exactly. You have the taste that you wanted. You got yep. the nerve that you needed. Your body said enough. Yep. Into it. And those kind of small things can be something, a small habit that can bring lasting change. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's like those tiny habits that what we read now that we learn about. They can be little things. It doesn't have to be this big arcing change. Resolve resolution, making choices to just be happier, you know? I mean, any any last thoughts? We've got like 10 more minutes and I want to give people ideas on some of the things we've found with our clients, with ourselves, with our friends, our, our mates, that we really help us to make a resolution, to, to, to resolve to examine something differently than we have been doing it. Because yeah. maybe it hasn't been working or maybe it has been working, but now I want to shift it. I'm going to say some of the things people look beyond what's happening in their, their own lives. There's a lot to be very grateful for in your body. And, you know, someone will say, oh, my goodness, I don't like the way my legs look or whatever. But your legs are making you get up and move and you're able to walk and do these things. And so sometimes just taking stock about the things that you're truly grateful for grounds you uh -huh. space to really talk about the things that you want. Right. Yeah. So. I have a grateful journal Journal I do every morning. I just write, I say, I'm grateful. And I write whatever comes to mind when I first wake up. Mm -hmm. It's a really great habit um, to extend. Because it, you know, we've been talking a lot about being present, but that gets you back in the present mind. Mm -hmm. So it gets you to honor what's happening with you. Yep. On you and in your environment. Yep. Um, and I'll throw one more and I'll put it back to you. But the other thing that I, I is a big one. I work clients with it because it's one that 
if I say to anybody, are you an honest person? And everyone will say, yes, of course I'm honest. I am so honest. I'm glad everybody can just say that so easily. <laughs> yeah. And I say, well, I want you to take an honesty pledge with yourself. Mm. Right? Because it is amazing how dishonest many of us are with ourselves. Okay. Honesty says, if I say I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk 20 minutes and I'm going to walk 20 minutes outside three times a week, and I don't do that, then you're being dishonest with yourself, right? So when you make certain things small as they may be, the more that you're honest and you come back and you say, you know what? I said I was going to do this and I did it. At the end of the day, it's like retraining your brain and your body to believe you so that when you say something, your body won't try to go against you. Mm thinking because it actually believes the words you say, but you yeah. have to go up in an honest way with. And so that's why I love small things, you know, Hey, I'm going to slow it down at every meal. This today, I'm not going to walk and eat today. I'm going to do this. And when you do it, you've made the commitment, you did it. And now you can celebrate that with your mind and you continue to do that. And what it'll do is it'll change the relationship that your brain has with the words you say. Mm. And it'll start not trying to sabotage you in the ways that it does. And I act like it's separate, but it is these separate thoughts that go in in our minds. You'll start to tame the brain to actually just go along with what it is that you want to do, because now you have shown it that you're really being honest. So I'm saying do the honesty check, but it's an honesty check you do with yourself. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. And, you know, the for yourself, when we were talking about this, as coaches, we want you, we talk about it being a coach and a coaching, and people sometimes get com confused when we say that, because we're partners. So do the honor check with you, because your partner in your life with you, this is your journey. You know, Lisa, Charles, and I have been on our journeys. You know, we've had different, we've had different jobs, totally different than what we do now. And that's a good thing because we ended up here. We ended up here. And this is where we're supposed to be right now. Exactly. And being open to the process. So I'm going to say this is a discovery process, right? We've gone through different journeys. Recognize that you're going to find in yourself something different, something new. Every time you challenge yourself and it it can be uncomfortable sometimes, and that's okay, because that's a part of the journey. But just be resolute in that. You're willing to grow, yep. to change, to develop, to evolve, and that you're going to be a part of it, even when it's in an uncomfortable area. And I'm so glad you mentioned coaching, because honestly, it's an amazing thing to have someone that can be a support for you, that can help you along the process we don't have to travel roads alone. None of us traveled our roads alone. You don't have to travel a road alone. And it's amazing when you have either an individual or a group that says, hey, we know, we understand, we support, we account, we can be your accountability partner here for something that's a little challenging for you. Um, and that's the beauty of being a coach, guys. We help you be accountable to you. It's not you're accountable to us. It's helping you see your accountability to yourself in an area that may have been frustrating or an area that you thought you had down pat or that you want to explore something different, you know, but be having somebody who 
without guilt, without judgment, we are never here to judge you. Honestly, please don't ever think we're here to judge you. Everybody's on their own path. We're here to help you be accountable to yourself. And that's a good thing, right? It just helps you. Right. And and that's that's the joy of what we do. Um, Lisa, how do people reach you? Because now that we're um, lived through what we did and the world is now on Zoom, on WebEx, on wherever we are. Um, and I also know that you have always some great retreats that are going on. How do people get a hold of you? Okay, so I'm known as the Yes Coach. I help you to find your true yeses. So my website is um, yescoachlisa.com. And the, that's going to be the best way. So you please come on, come on, be part of my email list and get all the updates. Um, I run um, a membership called Reinventing the Woman. And it's a tribe of women internationally based that really are dedicated to this whole thing of wellness from the top down inside out. And so that's how you communicate with others, your business wellness, your internal wellness, brain wellness, body wellness. Um, And so that's how you can find out information. But thank you for mentioning the retreats. I run a series of retreats in the year. I have one coming up actually in the Dominican Republic, and it is going to be May 30th through June 3rd. Mm. An exquisite resort that you Both of us know the owners and yeah. we're not we're not doing a hard sell on them. Villa Serena is just yeah. this beautiful, beautiful experience. And, uh, you know, you get a chance to just be in the most luscious. Yeah, <sighs> everything tropical, water. green and water. <laughs> right. We're really focusing on passion and purpose this this retreat. Um, so we we take over the whole facility um, we, we should have probably around 30 women. Isn't that cool, guys? I mean, so if you're interested in things like that, a lot of us are doing that. I try and connect with people who are doing some wonderful ways to experience yourself and ways to reconnect or ways to continue to connect. And um, I promise, Lisa, I will get to one of her retreats because I love her energy, guys. If you could just see this bright, shiny light. No, we can't see through, you know, 360 Talk Radio for Women. But if you could, you would understand why I'm, I've am i been asking her to come back because she's a, a beam of light and um, has – I'm so glad that Bill Dennis um, – and his wife, Natasha, they connected us because I think it will be a uh, a longer lasting relationship because we both are on different paths, but the same kind of journey in this lifetime that we want to be able to make a difference, especially with women and passion and purpose and all of those things that we want for everyone. So as we sign off, Lisa, thank you so much for ending the year and starting a new year correctly with food for thought, pardon the pun, but food for thought. And it could be weighty, pardon the part. I love that Lisa likes to lift weights. Um, to know the strength of your own body and of your own mind is pretty friggin' powerful. Sorry, but pretty friggin' powerful. And you'd all be surprised. She and I started the same way with rubber bands, okay? Rubber bands, like from PT. 
So. That's right. We got the right? power from inside out. Yes. We're all superheroes in our own life, and we just get to live it and help other people find their superpowers. So I love it. Thank you Lisa, for having me. Oh my goodness! Have a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Enjoy everything down in Sarasota, and I'll enjoy it from up here. And oh my goodness, I'll speak to you in the new year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Yes, coachlisa.com. And if you guys have any ideas, reach out to MJW, MJWellnessNavigator.com, MJWellnessNavigator.com, and let me know what you're looking to hear about. Um, and Lisa, we'll see you in the new year. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye bye.